so what I've been doing and what's really on my mind, Megan, is giving women some ideas for how to have very satisfying sexual pleasure with their partners or themselves and themselves so that they don't think they're wrong. They can't orgasm. Orgasms are hard. They're broken. Sex just isn't that great for them. They don't really like being with their partner. You know, all of the things that end up to be those roadblocks and obstacles. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go-getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to episode 248 of the Anthropology Podcast. I am Dr. Megan Walker, and I am super excited for this episode. It is a rather juicy episode. I am joined by none other than Susan Bratton. And if you don't know Susan Bratton, I promise you she will be absolutely unforgettable for you. Susan's entire conversation today is about how we reclaim our relationship with sex, with our partner, with our own sexuality. And right at the very beginning of the interview, I said to Susan, I was like, well, what about those people who are, what about those people who are tired? Like those of us who have three kids at home. And she, she looked at me cause I could see her like straight through the screen. And she said, Megan, this episode is for people who want to fight for their sex life, who want to fight for their sexuality. If you are too tired to want to fight for it, if you're past the state of wanting to want it, she's like, I'm not here to help you. She was ruthless in saying, you want to fight for it? She's got something for you. And boy, does she have something for you. I am super excited to welcome today's guest for you to have a chance to experience the one and only Susan Bratton. Susan Bratton, welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I love your show, so it's a particular pleasure for me to be with you, Megan. Oh, well, that is just so kind of you to say. And we have got, well, I was going to say, we've got a doozy for everybody today. I am (laughs) really, really looking forward to this conversation. And we had this little chat beforehand where we're like, what is the essence of all of this? Like, what do we, what do we want for women in business right now? What do we want Mm -hmm. for women in success? What do we want for women in general? Um, And you've got so many compelling ideas around this. I'm trying not to give too much of it away. Susan, before we go really deep on some amazing conversations, Mm -hmm. can you share with everybody your story? How did you get to where you are at in your career? Why are you so passionate about, about the things that you do in this world And why do you call yourself an orgasmonaut? (laughs) Well, I'll start with the last question first. I I jokingly call myself an orgasmonaut because I go to the farthest reaches of orgasmic pleasure space. And I figure out how to have 
all kinds of orgasmic pleasure. And then I bring back the map to that territory so that people can easily also have that pleasure. And my goal with our conversation today is to help your listeners activate more pleasure in their life, more sexual pleasure in their life. And partly because we need sexual pleasure to reboot our nervous systems from the stressors of daily life. We need the neurotransmitters and the hormones to flow through our body. We need to calm our anxiety and quell our depression with our sexuality. We need to connect our heart. We need to connect our eyes. We need to connect our breath with our partner. And even if you don't have a partner, everything that I want to talk about, you can apply to a solo pleasuring practice as well. And I think a solo pleasuring practice is a really, really important and fundamental part of our sexuality as women. And I also believe that our sexuality is our life force. It's our vitality. It's what keeps us wanting, lusting for life, going forward with desire to create. And that fuels our business, our financial success, our joie de vivre for being out in the world creating. Our our passion is our passion for life. Our, our passion is our creativity. The more orgasm-powered we are, the more we accomplish great things. And it is so easy for us as women to hit a fork in the road or come up against an obstacle that makes our sex life difficult and not know what to do to work around it, to compromise, or to fix it. And so what I found is that in some ways, being this intimacy expert to millions, I'm a, I run two companies. I run a publishing company and I run a supplement company. With my husband of 30 years this year, we've been in business 15 years together this year, and I'm 60 years old. So there's some interesting 15, 30, 60 numbers lining yeah. up here. These are big digits I'm working with. And I have never had better sex. I'm, I feel that I am working at a level of intelligence and vitality that is certainly not as much energy as I, energy as I had in my 40s, but definitely as more pleasure, more joy, more connection to self and more connection to other. And that's directly attributed to what happened to me, which happens to so many, which was a little over a decade into my marriage, I really didn't want to have sex with Tim anymore. I, I gave him mercy sex and I kind of tried to avoid him. And he tried to cope by having an affair with a married woman who was in a similar situation. And one night I just drank two gin martinis on our 11th wedding anniversary and said, what are we going to do? This is no good. I didn't know at the time he was having an affair just to cope with being in a right. sexless marriage with me. And I didn't want to be in a sexless marriage. Sex just wasn't good for me. And what I've come to realize 20 years later is that we've been having sex the way, what I call the patriarchal way, rather than the matriarchal way. And so what I've been doing and what's really on my mind, Megan, is giving women some ideas for how to have 
very satisfying sexual pleasure with their partners or themselves and themselves so that they don't think they're wrong. They can't orgasm. Orgasms are hard. They're broken. Sex just isn't that great for them. They don't really like being with their partner. You know, all of the things that end up to be those roadblocks and obstacles. I don't feel well. My hormones are shot. I have a low libido, whatever it might be. I have answers to all those things. And I learned them by going, walking through the fire of my own burning down the house almost lost my marriage because we didn't know what we were doing. And just to finish off, one of the easiest things about my job as as basically a sex educator, a publisher of passionate lovemaking techniques and bedroom communication skills, is that it's so easy. Because when I tell you how to have great sex, when I walk you through what what, what it looks like to have a passionate lovemaking experience, what it looks like to get a full yoni massage. And by yoni, I mean vulva, our female genital system, what it looks like to receive one and give one and have one, why that's so important, how to achieve 20 kinds of orgasms that our body is capable of. It's so easy for me to just explain those things and people get them immediately. That really the biggest issue is that people just don't know what to do. They just need advice and direction and permission to have pleasure, encouragement. I'm basically an inspirational, encouraging, just tell you how to do it like your mom could have, but it's not really your parents' job. So I'm kind of like that for people. (laughs) I'm kind of like that. I'm like what we all wish our parents could have done, but didn't ever want our parents to do for us. Right. We didn't didn't want them to do it. No, no, we didn't. But but I feel like we needed that. Right. Cause they're really, where do we, where do we learn these, these pieces? Okay. There's so many things to unpack, but here's what I observe (laughs) is that you're like, yeah, no, this is what I do. I feel like we have this tendency where people who are a little bit curious are like, Oh, I'm totally leaning into this. And then we have this cohort of people who are like, Oh, that's for other people. Like I'm a busy 38 year old woman with three kids and I'm super tired and I have no libido and I will have sex again in six years. Mm -hmm. Once my youngest is in school full time. And then I'll re-listen to this episode. (laughs) Can we just start by including those people? Because I, I'm, I, it is, it's so sad to me when I watch these, uh, I was going to say these women, I can be that woman too. Cause I've got three kids and I'm busy where we're just like, I'm going to delay my, my pleasure of any sort until my kids are in school and I can sleep through the night. No, I don't want to include them. And here's why. Okay. Right. You win. Because yeah. how much emotional labor do I have to do for you to take good care of yourself? Mm. Less than you deserve. <laughs> okay. And here's why. What I have realized is that out of 100 people, there are 15 people in a, in a crowd of a, a room of 100. And when I think about a room of 100, I'm like, oh, I don't want to get COVID. <laughs> I don't even like to think about a room of people anymore. It's like, oh, geez. But if you had a room full of 100 people, there's only 15 in there that are going to fight for their sex life. So the people who tuned into this episode of anthropology are the people who want to fight for their sex life. So do I need to convince you to take care of your sexuality? No, because I'm not going to be able to. If you have forfeited it, that is your choice. I want to help all the people who want my help. That's who I want to help. Isn't that something tough love, baby, tough love. Yeah, but no, but I do love that because what you're doing is you're forcing people to choose like, am I in or am I out? Because you can actually have a great sex life and still be tired. Right. 
And you can have a great sex life and still have kids at home and you can have a great sex life and your kids aren't in school full time. You just have to choose to fight for it. Okay. You win that one. Thank you, baby. If Uh you were, if you're tired, too tired to have sex, it's not that you're too tired. It's literally not that you have children. It's literally not that you have a career and you're doing a million things. You could do even more. If you don't want sex, it's because the sex is bad. So if you want sex, but you don't want the sex you're getting, here I am. I'm all yours. I can help you fix it. This is what I was talking about when I mentioned that matriarchal versus patriarchal view. Yes. You, if you are having, if you're having sex that you don't really, really love, if you're not making date, if you have a partner, if you are lucky enough to have a partner and you are not actively making dates, look, I'm going to hold up. So one of the things that I I talked to Megan about before we started this podcast was we got some video on this show because I want to show a few things. And this is what I'm holding up, which is a little calendar like a monthly sticker calendar and it shows all the dates that I have scheduled with my husband we plan them out in advance and a lot of people think to themselves well that takes away the spontaneity by the time you are in a relationship for more than a few months you really need to schedule lovemaking and the thing is that most of the people who feel like they're just too exhausted for sex, are just having sex that is not satisfying and it's boring. And so one of the things that I like to do is I like to explain why scheduling what I like to call erotic play dates instead of sex has you looking forward to it and doing what I think is a really critical component to the monotony of monogamy which is learning new things together, learning new skills together. Remember when I said there are 20 kinds of orgasms that a person can have? There's 20 kinds of orgasms a male and a female-bodied person can have. We have slightly different parts, the penis prostate versus the the right. um, clitoral urethral sponge, if you will, which is people call the G-spot. It's not a spot. It's a giant area. Um, that makes slightly different places that you touch, but there's in orgasm, there's locations there's techniques and there are objects that generate orgasmic pleasure. And when you add them all up, there's 20 different kinds of orgasm. I'm actually doing a weekly orgasm challenge. I call it come with me. And every week I I share in my email newsletter, I share for free. I share two different types of orgasms, one for your female body and one for your male body partner, or one you can do together. And um, each week I take you through the different types of orgasms. So you can see how easy it is to have them all. So if you literally just spent a year, scheduling dates to learn new pleasuring techniques it would give you something to look forward to and it would ignite your sex life so a big part of it is just that people don't even know how much there is out there i mean you could do new sex positions you can have sex in different locations you can do lingerie fashion shows and sexy dancing with each other you can um try new toys i'm a big proponent of very specific lovemaking toys, which I could also show you some of them if we get to it. So once you start hearing this, you're like, oh, erotic playdates, that's not sex. Oh, we can learn some new things and I'd be more sexually satisfied. That's interesting. Then your world begins to open up like, oh, I'm not having all the orgasms I could have. Then you're starting to lift up into more possibility for desire and pleasure. 
I love this. And the whole thing is if you're going to schedule, I love this, like this idea of, you know, exotic play dates or erotic, erotic play dates, yeah, erotic. Um, is that it doesn't preclude you being spontaneous in between. Right. You get both. Exactly. Okay. So yeah. Let's, let's do a primer on people. Cause I think you acknowledge something that is so true for so many people. You don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So if we were, if we were just to get people started on this idea of like, I'm sorry, you said 20 different types of orgasms, Susan, like, <laughs> Say what? Let, let's go a little deeper. And I'm trying to think of what people are driving their cars and like, please ask about this. Um, so I'm going to ask about that. Yeah. Like one-on-one, like where, where do we, what do we need to know to start to explore some of these, these options and opportunities for ourselves? Sure. Well, one good thing is we won't have time to get into all 20 orgasms here, but I have a website at betterlover.com and I'm about to drop videos on the 20 kinds of male and the 20 kinds of female orgasms. So probably about the same time that our episode drops, the videos will be up and ready. So I can walk you through it there. And you can always come to the to my website at personal life media, and just look up come with me and see all the 20 kinds of orgasms and how to do them there. That's all free, freely accessible. So what I think is an even more important conversation, Megan, is to get to that thing about how women need to have sex versus how men do and how we've kind of been having sex mm-hmm. the way men need to. And that's only because we just didn't know it. Almost everything about sex is I didn't know what I didn't know. And now I know and I'm doing it. And it's fun. <laughs> right? like I, said, I really have the easiest job. I love this. I really do want to talk about this idea of the matriarchy versus the patriarchy, but because yeah. so much of the sexual education that's downloaded, I feel like is downloaded from that, that male centric side. So yeah, let's yeah. start to unpack that. And also downloaded from pornography and also yes. downloaded yeah. from the media, movies and television. The, the kind of sex that is depicted in the movies and television is the crappiest sex I've ever seen. My husband is so funny. Every time a sex scene comes on the movie, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't believe, look, she still has her bra. And I'm like, oh my God, he threw her down. He didn't even make out with her. I'm like, I, I bitch about it the entire <laughs> time about how bad it is. And I refuse to watch pornography. I'm a sex expert who does not recommend I'm a, I am anti-pornography because I'll give you a perfect example Time magazine had they recently quoted a study where uh, two sexual science academic researchers did a random sampling of over 300 pornography clips and said that 96% of them were degrading to women. And the problem with that is, yes, I mean, maybe there's some nice pornography made by women for women, but it's still pornography, which ends up ultimately not putting us feminine in, in the, in the seat of the pleasure Uh, we're, we're objects giving pleasure, not receiving. So one of the biggest things, so here's a couple of quick, like, bam, bam, bam. I'm just going to punch it out, give you some, things to think about like oh yeah right oh yeah 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 so here they are first thing we have been rushing sex as women we have sex way too fast and by sex i mean intercourse because the large majority of us are in heterosexual monogamous relationships now that being said i am an equal opportunity gender gender spectrum lover and supporter so whatever your gender spectrum is and however it moves and morphs throughout your life is all good. 
you go for it. I want you to have your self-expression. But you were either born XX or XY chromosome. Let's get to the science, right? And the science is you either were born with a vulva or a penis. And they operate differently. Even though they're the same parts arranged in different order, right? they operate a little bit differently, whereby... Men have a couple of things that are what I consider to be to their benefit. The number one thing is that they are testosterone dominant, where our female female body are estrogen dominant. Testosterone, they they get a hormone bath every morning. They wake up with an erection if they're healthy. They're horny. They're ready to go. They masturbate daily because they need to keep their sperm topped off so that when we're ready and in estrus as the animals that we are we they're ready to give us fresh sperm so they're much more driven to masturbate than we are and they have in the hemodynamics of the penis are very simple the blood runs into the three chambers super fast and when it does the um suspensor ligament lifts up the penis very quickly and he gets an a nearly instant erection if he's a, a healthy man. And when he's erect, he's ready to go. He would be happy to penetrate us. Where for us in our female bodies, we have three erectile systems that essentially wrap our vagina. We have the clitoral erectile system, which is a glands, the tip, which is what we think about our clitoris, but it's just the tip of the iceberg, the, the shaft. So I'm very big about explaining to women why getting a clitoral erection is important before doing, you know, before having a lot of sex of different kinds. I know um, women everywhere are like a clitoral erection, clitoral like erection. already you're blowing my mind, Susan, keep going. Yes. Uh, and then we've got the little clitoral arms that drape down over the, the opening to the vagina. We've got the vestibular bulbs, the clitoral legs that are underneath the pubic hair on each side of the vagina. Um, and this is interesting. I'm going to, I'm going to hold this up. Um, we know what a vagina looks like. We know we've got the, the mons at the top, the outer labia, the inner labia, and then we have what's called the vestibule, the opening to the, the inner sanctum. And we've got the clitoral tip showing the shaft runs up and is covered by the hood and goes inside the pubic bone. We've got halfway down between the opening to the vagina, which is called the introidal sphincter and the tip of the clitoris halfway we've got where our urine and our ejaculate exits so we've got this location which i call the g-spot number two because the spongy tissue that surrounds the urethra the urethral sponge is really the g-spot and that sponge loves to be touched and then we've got the opening to the vagina which is a sphincter muscle a round muscle like our iris and Often, it is penetrated too quickly. Our male-bodied partners are just, you know, basically ramming their penises in us. And that's, that is the opposite of what we really need. What women need is much more slow, delicate touch and penetration. And we don't need to be rammed like a piston, which is what you see on pornography. Right. What we need is for, I, I tell men to think about their penis as a heart tongue. When you start to connect your heart to your penis, when you start to think about it as this articulate, loving, licking, touching appendage, rather than just a piston, it totally changes lovemaking. So when we pull away the skin from the top of the vulva and we look at underneath, we have the clitoral structure 
We have the urethral structure, a secondary um, erectile tissue system, and we have a perineal sponge under the vagina, between the vagina and the rectum. That's our third erectile tissue. But the thing is that it's much more of a complex erectile situation of tissue than the three big chambers that shoot down a penis. So when he gets turned, he's already more horny than we are generally because we run on a 28-day cycle. We're estrogen dominant rather than testosterone dominant. We have got a five-day horny window around ovulation. About five days after the beginning of your period, you begin to go into your horny window, if you will. You can feel desire all the time, but you have ebb and flow of desire. Right. And then you have this erectile tissue that never gets fully engorged because we have sex too fast. So we, if you think about what erectile tissue does, it is um, flaccid and small. And then when it gets filled with blood, it, it expands, giving it more surface area to feel more pleasure, to send more signals to the brain to feel pleasure. And what women struggle with is achieving orgasm. What men struggle with is not coming too fast. If everybody would just slow down, slow down some more, slow down some more. We all win. We all win. And letting the, I always say that a woman's genital system is more like an English muffin. An English muffin where you have to heat it up and then you have to put the butter on it. And then the butter has to melt into all the nooks and crannies. Oh, it's making me so hungry for an English muffin. I gave up gluten a decade ago. Oh my God, I'd love to eat an English muffin. And this so. is like the clip to end all clips, right? <laughs> right here, Susan. I love that. That makes so much, it makes so much more sense. And it is, it's not, it's not what most people lean into. And of course you're not going to want to do this thing that you're like, mm, I mean, it's okay, but right. Yeah. I want to want you, but I don't. That's what women feel about the I want partners. to want you. I, yeah, want, I, was I wish thinking I about wanted that you. I'm forcing myself to want you. I'm trying to psych myself up to want it, but I don't. And it's because every time we have had sex and it has, we have struggled to achieve orgasm. We have been in a situation where our partner is scratchy or sweaty or stinky, or we have, it's been too rushed or we're not satisfied or we're just doing it for them. It's like we've taken a, another brick in the wall of our future sexless marriage. <laughs> right. And it's one more thing we're doing for other people. Yes. We're not right? getting Which, the nurturing. No, we're not getting the nurturing. I want to understand a little bit more about like the imperative connection between orgasm and pleasure mm -hmm. and our nervous system and how that mm -hmm. primes our nervous system for all the other successful things that we do in this world like why why is why is sex and sexuality and sexual pleasure so intimately tied to that and how is it tied yeah well there's a couple of things the first is that um achieving orgasm is very soul satisfying for your partner they they feel a great sense of accomplishment when they when they give that to you they give you a gift when you are able to receive and to give them direction so that because that's the other thing is that we women are different every day some days and this is a, I, i'm going to hold up my little my little kitty cat in a lion 
I have this little kitty cat and she's wearing um, a Halloween costume that is like a little lion hat on top. And I always say sometimes we're a lioness and some days we're a kitty cat. We're just a kitty cat with a lion costume on. And depending on the day of our cycle or what's been going on with us from a stress perspective, we we need a lot more full body touch. We need our feet massaged, our neck massaged. We need our hair stroked. We need our eyelids kissed. We need words of adoration. We need affirmation that we're sexy and desirable. We need so many things before we begin we need pre-foreplay before we start foreplay. And then in foreplay, what I really recommend is a lot of manual vulva massage. So a yoni massage. I don't know if everybody knows the word yoni, but yoni, why? I don't think everybody does. It's a tantric lovemaking word for our female genital system, the yoni. And I always think about the yoni as being this beautiful flower that blossoms with attention and pleasure. And you can, you can remember times when you've had really hot sex and your vulva got plumped up with blood flow and pleasure and you had really good orgasms. That's what we're trying to go for every time we make love. If you are penetrated before you're engorged, before the blood has all been able to flow into the vulva, then you're rushing yourself and you're just making one more brick on that wall of not of lowering right. your desire. And for so many women, they think it's hormones that, oh, I'm low on hormones. Well, if you want the hormone of <laughs> desire, you want testosterone. So I do bioidentical hormone replacement. I use uh, biased, the two kinds of estrogen, estriol and estradiol in a compounded shea butter intravaginally on a daily basis. But I also use a little testosterone in shea butter on my clitoral structure on a daily basis. And then I take progesterone at night. But it's really none of those three things particularly that are what really give me lust. What really gives me lust is blood flow. We forget about the fact that our nitric oxide declines as we age. And by the time we're 50, we have half the nitric oxide we had when we were 20. So we're literally having vaginal lubrication issues, loss of sensation, incontinence, lack of pleasure because of blood flow, much more so than hormones. But the great thing is that if we're with a male-bodied partner and he is able to um, ejaculate within within us. He gives us testosterone, serotonin, luteinizing hormone to regulate our menses or even after menopause to regulate the cycles that we continue to have, whether we are ovulating or not, whether we're bleeding or not. Um, and it, it's very calming. So, and we get zinc for um, mental clarity. So... Even if you're in a same-sex partnership, sex is an extremely healthy thing. But if you're in an opposite-sex partnership, you get extra double bonus benefits from the symbiotic nature of two people in orgasmic pleasure together. What changes if someone's had a vasectomy? Or does it? 
Well, it's interesting. There are a lot of longitudinal studies around increased prostate issues in men with vasectomies. Um, but the only thing that it does is it tr keeps the actual sperm from going into the semen, but you get all the other benefits without the sperm itself. So not a lot of effect. Okay. So it's not the sperm that's actually doing it. It's all right. the other the biochemistry other of the, the semen of the semen itself yeah, made in the prostate. This is like, this is getting me so excited. It's nerdy as heck. It is nerdy. This is like, I know. this is just is like nerdy sex. This is yeah. so, this is so fun though, because, you know, I think that so much of the conversation has, has not been around um, how we delve into pleasure as, as women, just as you said. And so when we actually get to break down the science and we actually get to understand a little bit more about it, one, it's validating of, of our sentiment, but two, we're like, whoa, if we actually change some of these things, this isn't, we're talking about an entirely different activity here than what we were talking about previously. Yes. Um, I, this week on my orgasm challenge, I was writing about expanded orgasm. And the fact that my husband and I have had going on 20 years, 17, 18 year expanded orgasm practice together as a couple. And an expanded orgasm practice is basically a yoni massage, but it's a clitoral stroking technique. And an expanded orgasm is when you are able to go into, when you get just the right stimulation to the clitoral structure with fingers, manual from your partner, where you're able to not only take that moment of climax, we've all seen the Masters and Johnson uh, graphic of the chart of what an orgasm looks like. So that you, you know, I forget what the four things are. It's, you know, going um, like excitation up to plateau to climax to resolution. I think it's something like that. Where, and you think about an orgasm as something where you go up and then you've kind of fall off a cliff and you've had an orgasm. That's what your body's done. But that's from 1966 and it is 2021 right now and <laughs> we know more stuff about orgasms now including the fact that we can take that climax that moment of climax that moment of extreme pleasure and stretch time out like taffy and become a big wave rider where you're essentially getting up onto that orgasmic wave and you're staying in the tube and riding that surf of that pleasure and elongating that moment of orgasm. And with expanded orgasm, you're also not just doing that one time, but you're each successive orgasm that you stretch out like taffy becomes more and more pleasurable. So what you're doing is instead of just going whoop, up and down or doing multiple orgasms where you're doing, you know, up and down, up and down, up and down. How many of those can you do before you get clitoral fatigue? Not that many because you're driving your system way harder than it needs to be driven. Light touch is how we achieve more orgasmic pleasure. And then we could do, okay, extended orgasm okay i can i can come a little longer each time that's great but when you begin to do expanded orgasm when you get the right kind of stimulation 
where you can go into this orgasmic experience and have an hour's worth of orgasms. I mean, we basically do this where I, he sits down, I lie perpendicular to him, I butterfly my legs open, he gets oil, he gives me a belly rub, an external mons rub, outer labia, inner thighs and groin before he ever enters the vestibule to touch my clitoris or to rest a finger in the opening to my vagina to ground me and then gives me the strokes that I need to get into these big orgasmic moments. We, we start off every lovemaking date with that. And we have for 17 years because it is the thing that the Yoni needs to get that engorgement flowing and the orgasms flowing. Once you start orgasming like that, you can begin developing all the other 20 kinds of orgasms, whether that's awakening your G spot or female ejaculation or whatever it might be. There are many different types of orgasms that you can have. So the expanded orgasm practice is something, and it could just be a a yoni massage, or it could be the actual practice with the five specific strokes. It's like a, it's like an asana, yoga asana, or a martial arts form. It's taught by many people around the world. Our particular flavor is just an online home study course. So you can see the videos, see what to do, and then have these 21 erotic play dates that give you different facets of the experience that you can learn how to have the practice together. And there are many people much older than we are who've been doing this for 30 or 40 years together. Couples who've been in relationship having expanded orgasm dates for 30 or 40 years together. So it's something you can do for the rest of your life that gets your vulva fully engorged, gets you orgasmically cross-training so you can have lots more kinds of orgasms, draws you closer, calms you down, get, uh, teaches you to fully receive, teaches your partner to fully give, works whether he has ED or not, or you are suffering from sensation loss or lubrication. Or, you know, it's, it's one of those things you can do forever that I think is really a Rosetta Stone to having an incredible sex life where you can continue to explore and expand your pleasure together. It's amazing because it's so mutually respectful of what we need on that emotional level, but it's manifesting in that, in that physical piece. Can men have these same expanded orgasms or is that like a unique talent we have as women? Oh no, men are equally multi-orgasmic, exactly the same way we are. They just, in their mind, most men think that ejaculation and orgasm are the same thing and they're not. Um, when men move into becoming, uh, when they connect their heart to their penis, when they start to run full body energy, when they separate ejaculation from orgasm and they begin to become multi-orgasmic men who are able to have full body energy orgasms without ejaculation, then they can move into other types of orgasms like prostate, blended, million dollar point. There's a lot of different orgasms that men can also experience, including things like nipplegasms, where men are so weird about their nipples, but certain men without nipple stimulation, they wouldn't even enjoy themselves. You know, it's, it's really so much in the mindset. So when, when men begin to separate orgasm from ejaculation, they build their stamina, they can last longer for us, and then they can have what I like to call ejaculatory choice. They can decide to ejaculate when they want to or when you ask them to or when you're, you're done and you're ready and you want to have this kind of mutual simultaneous finale of an orgasm. But that also, I also 
use that notion to help women understand that just like a man urinates and ejaculates out of his penis, we urinate and ejaculate out of our urethral canal. And the G-spot isn't a spot, it's this urethral sponge. I'll show you a picture of that. The urethral sponge that covers that covers the actual ureter and its spongy tissue with glands in it. And the blood plasma seeps down into these skein's glands and comes into the urethra. And if we have a contraction, it can ejaculate out of our urethra and some the little glands on the side of the urethral opening right in the vestibule of our vagina as well. So that often makes women feel more comfortable about the fact that female ejaculation is very natural and something that our male body partners are doing all the time and that it's not pee that just like his body is smart enough to switch it's a muscle not a valve but i like to kind of imagine it as a valve um switch between ejaculation and urination our bodies do exactly the same thing and when a woman can feel good about and know that female ejaculation is just like anything. Some women naturally come from intercourse. Some women naturally come from clitoral stimulation. Some women naturally come from breast stimulation. Some women naturally come from kissing. Some women naturally ejaculate. Other women just need to learn how to do it. It's all just learnable skills. That's what I love. It's just, let me just tell you how to do it. And then you can do it. And then you'll be like, oh, thank you. What else can I do? Let me me, just just watch the video and just let me teach you because you can all have all these things. What rule? Gosh, I'm so glad it's not 1966 anymore or 56 or whenever we were talking about this. What what rule do toys play in all of this? Does it take away from it? Is there a time and place in our evolution as lovers that we should introduce this or take this out? Add it in. The the number one reason, most, most women nowadays have a vibrator. They usually only have one. It's some crappy old thing they bought that they got used to and they have created some neural pathway and it works for them, which is great. But then I say, okay, now open your bedroom drawer and tell me what's in there. Okay, close that. Now go to your closet and open that and tell me how many shoes you have. Close that. um, Which one is going to provide you with more pleasure? The next pair of Louboutins or whatever is going to crush your feet or another vibrator. (laughs) And there are different vibrator categories. Um, There are and, and sex toy categories. And I think there's a couple of really, really good ones. Um, The first one that I recommend as kind of ground zero for women is something from Fun Factory called the Lady Buy or the Miss Buy. The Lady Buy is a little bit bigger and the Miss Buy is a little bit smaller. We women have different, differing size vaginal vestibules and differing size yonis, vulvas. So you have to know which one you want. But what I like about these is that they're, they're both, in, they have two motors. Buy means two in German and it's a German, it's like the Porsche of, of uh, <laughs> vibrators. Um, it has an external clitoral stimulation and an internal G-spot and anterior fornix and cervical motor. Holy smokes. So it, brings blood flow internally and externally. And I think that having a soloing pleasure practice where you're masturbating a couple of times a week to keep the blood flowing into your vulva means that whenever you do ultimately have intercourse or oral or what have you with a partner, 
you're much more primed and ready to go. It's getting your yoni juicy and full of blood flow, which is, is very important. But then I also think it's very good to have something like a womanizer, um, which is um, uh, uses air to kind of suck and blow the clitoral structure. But I love this new product called the Duo from Womanizer. You have to have about two inches between your G-spot inside the opening to your vagina and your clitoris. So you kind of have to measure. Don't buy this if you're very tiny or very large. This is more of one that fits kind of the middle of the range of most women, where it has a G-spot vibrator that goes inside. At the same time, it's giving you clitoral suckling externally this will make your eyes roll back in your head this is the kind of thing you want to use yourself because it's hard for your partner to get it to latch on well but this is very good for solo pleasuring where for pleasuring of partner sex i like this product this is called the curve from hot octopus and this is a g-spot toy that's a vibrator that has a real squishy tip it also looks like a purple emoji it looks like the penis eggplant emoji it's Um, it's a beautiful color it's so pretty and it this one i like because it has um a bass and treble it has two motors kind of a high buzzy one and a deep rumbly one and it's really good for g-spot awakening right inside the opening to the vagina this one is really nice when your partner uses it on you when you can completely relax and your partner has a tool so their fingers and arm don't get worn out and you can get the fairly deep pressure and stimulation that you're going to build up to wanting for g-spot orgasms and for female ejaculation so i like this and then for couples i like two different what i would call penis rings vibrating penis rings this one is also from hot octopus it's called the atom pulse lux and you stretch it and open it and you put the your partner's testicles and penis through the hole and then it has a vibrator on the base which gives him perineal pleasure and it has a vibrator at the top where when you are having intercourse and you're cowgirl style on top of him you can come down on this and grind on this and have him fully and deeply inside you giving you cervical pleasure and deep spot pleasure while you're getting vibration on your clitoris and it comes with a remote control which honestly they need to put a light on it because it's hard to see in the dark it's it's impossible <laughs> to see it by candlelight it's like where is that thing it's around here somewhere but um, <laughs> exactly i love that but this is nice and then this little ring this little penis ring is from fun factory it's called the nos nos and this one is really nice it's um goes around just the base of his penis it doesn't have to include his testicles in this one and then these little ears wrap around the shaft of your erect clitoris when you've gotten a lot a nice yoni massage and now you're making love you put this on and this stimulates your clitoris while you're making love to your partner and i am really big on cowgirl sex position because number one it's really good for you to learn how to take control of your own stimulation with a penis and i remember when i first started doing it i first started really working on my cowgirl probably six years ago and i could not make myself have an orgasm by being in charge of the intercourse and 
this this whole thing started because I couldn't have an orgasm from intercourse. I mean, 20 years ago, we went on this journey. And you're determined. I'm so determined. I was like, I'm 42 and I'm having sex and I'm not having orgasm. I'm having intercourse and I'm not having orgasm. I don't want to have sex with my husband. This is bullshit. Excuse my, excuse me for cursing. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it really was. <laughs> so that's when we started take, taking sex workshops and learning how easy it is to learn how to have great sex and how you can cross the gasm chasm and start having orgasms from intercourse. It's just a learned skill. All women can do it. All women can have all these things. All men can have all these things if you just know how to do it. And you can have it all. Easy. You can. But I was my cowgirl game was not strong. So I decided I wanted to work on it. And now, I mean, it is fantastic for your hamstrings, your quads, your butt. It's really good for just your overall strength and flexibility. It's really nice because when you're on top, your partner can give you breast pleasuring and look you in the eyes and you can kiss. And then when you really learn how to get yourself off on your partner and they just get to lay there and watch you get yourself off it's a real gift for them they love it they love to see you using their tool for your pleasure and that's why i really like these particular sex toys for couples because you get that extra vibe going on your clitoris so you're getting the internal pleasure of a penis in your vagina and you're getting the external vibe simultaneously and we use tools for everything you're wearing glasses. That's a tool. We use right. toothbrushes. We use Cuisinarts and Instapots and a million things. Why would we not add toys to our sex life? It's not an admission of failure. The only admission of failure is failing not to t- not to leverage tools of pleasure that are so excellent and available. And the more you use them, the more fun you have. And sometimes for me, when I've had a yoni massage, I've had an expanded orgasm date, and then we've maybe done some oral pleasuring, and then we've done some lovemaking intercourse. And if my husband ejaculates, sometimes I still want more orgasms. And I'll just get out a toy and have lean back against him and have him pleasure my breasts while I use a vibrator on myself at the end. He'll have done, he'll have used G-spot wands on me and G-spot toys on me. We have a little towel with my current favorite toys always available to us. So we're really leveraging all of the toys and they're fun and guys are good with them too. So if you have a male bodied partner and you buy him a few good toys, guys he, love he's toys. Good with tools, you know, of all sorts. Yeah. Toys and tools. They're in their, they're in their happy place. I looked, I looked at the time before I asked about uh, toys and I'm like, ah, we're tight on time. Okay. I'm going to ask anyway. And I was so glad that I did. Like, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to talk about that piece because I, you know, there's so much more there too. Like I feel like 10 times over in that conversation, what you did is you gave all these inhibitions permission to just, to just let it go. Yeah. Right. To just explore the side of yourself. It's been such an amazing uh, interview from that perspective. And I feel like a really great place to transition my line of questioning. So I've got four rapid fire questions for you, Susan. The first is, Is there an idea or a book or a speaker or some concept that in the last year has really come and struck you or changed the trajectory of how you think about your work? 
Yeah, when I did the, I did a summit called the Sexual Vitality Summit, and I interviewed tons of hormone scholars and doctors, etc. And what I realized is that a big part of our libido begins in the gut. And that unless we are pooping super easily, and the poop is just, as I say, pirouetting out of our butt like a ballerina every day, if it's not, and we have any gastrointestinal issues, that that's the number one place to start with regard to fixing your libido, that it's not estrogen, or it's not your hormones, it's your gut, and your immune system. And that neurotransmitters are generated from sexuality. So is oxytocin, that orgasms reboot your nervous system. So if you're anxious, depressed, or don't feel well, and you begin to do things like sensual massage that has no pressure to go forward and do oral or intercourse or any other things, and you're just reconnecting sensually, when you get your health going, and you begin to touch each other and hold each other, then you're going to start getting your libido back. I love it. What's your favorite health hack? Um, the V-Fit. Um, this is a um, product from Joy Lux. It's called V-Fit Gold. And it is a intravaginal FDA class two device that uses photobiomodulation, vibration, and warming to recollagenate the vaginal mucosa and build the lining back up because as we age, our lining gets thin as our estrogen diminishes. And I used to only be able to send people out for CO2 lasers or RF lasers. And frankly, they're very damaging. And I don't like, I don't subscribe to hormesis being the be all and end all of regenerative health. I think there are things that are plus ups instead of damage and fix. And the VFIT gold is fantastic for women with incontinence, tears from episiotomies, um, loss of sensation, uh, lack of lubrication, vaginal tissue thinning, etc. Woman-owned company and um, a really, really great hack, as well as getting things like O-Shots and Femi Waves. Um, Femi Waves, or you can get the Phoenix Her, which is an at-home device if you don't want to go get out to get a Femi Wave. So there's a, starting to become vaginal rejuvenation devices you can do yourself, which is a huge breakthrough. I just shot a video called I had six O shots, by the way, that's coming out on my better lover. <laughs> so there's a little there's a little rat hole to go down. Six O shots. Oh, my gosh. I've got more questions, but uh, like as I'm sitting here writing notes, I just want to assure everyone like all of these links and all of these pieces are going to be in our show notes that you can grab at MeganWalker.com forward slash podcast. Susan, how would you define your purpose? My purpose is to give you the permission and the ideas to have heart connected, passionate lovemaking. And last question for you, entrepreneurship. Are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs? I learned to become one. Uh, I had some fantastic mentors who believed in me. And I've been an entrepreneur most of my life. My first company was started at 26. Amazing. Susan Bratton, it has been such a pleasure to have this conversation. <laughs> Where can we direct people to learn? Like, I was going to say more about what you're up to in the world, but like, all the things you just talked about, where are we sending them to learn those? If you go to personallifemedia.com, 
um, there's search boxes at the top of the website and you can search on anything that I've mentioned and it'll find the articles and the videos and things like that. Same with betterlover.com. You can, it's searchable content. And I've written thousands of articles in the last 15 years on every aspect of sexuality. So whatever I've mentioned, it's all there for you. Amazing. We will hook everyone up. Susan, thank you so much for your time. Megan, thank you so much for having the courage to allow me to really say the things that I think do help people. And people can hear the truth and they can hear these things. We, people want you to talk to them like they're grown-ups and they want the yes, info. So thank you for giving me the platform to do that. I really appreciate you. My honor. Thank you. Oh, I promised you that one was going to be juicy. Susan shared so many amazing things. She referenced so many different ideas and products and concepts in this particular episode. You are going to want to head on over to our show notes so that you can make sure you can hook yourself up with all of the details. You are able to grab all of the links to all of the products and all of the fun stuff that Susan talked about by heading on over to meganwalker.com forward slash podcast and you will see Susan's episode right at the top. Until next week, have amazing sex and an impactful week ahead. Mm-hmm.